Hi, we're Visible, the wireless company with nothing to hide. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not into you. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Breaking Buffalo Rumblings, a special edition for you here this week. I am your host once again, Anthony Marino, and being joined by Matt Perino of NewYorkUpstate.com. Matt, thanks so much for joining us this week. Anthony, always a pleasure to discuss the bills with you, and I'm excited to be here. Well, it's great to have you. As you know, we've we've talked about a number of your articles and features uh, on the podcast in weeks past. And, you know, really, it is that period of the year where kind of no news is good news. Right. We're leading up to training camp. You don't want to hear too much of anything taking place off the field. Bills fans getting ready for training camp. But for yourself, what is what does it look like as you lead up to camp for the Bills and kind of getting ready for that that grind of going from the off season to really things picking up and going full speed ahead? For me, like this next 10 days is really going to be about um, ironing down this roster and really getting myself comfortable with all 91 guys on this roster because as you well know and all of your uh, readers and listeners know this is a much better Bills team in 2019 with a lot more uh, possibilities at every position across this roster and when we're getting you know to the nitty-gritty of some of these position battles it's good to really have done your homework and have an understanding and grasp of where these guys come from I mean you talk about the offensive line and we put out an offensive line preview yesterday and you know you, you start going through these guys and little little details like John Feliciano's you know experience with Bobby Johnson in the past and their time in Oakland those little details kind of paint a picture for you before you go into this thing kind of knowing where things stand who who's comfortable with who and uh, I, I think that as we get into these final days it's just about you know really diving in and getting his uh up to speed on everybody as possible. Matt, I think it's great that you brought up the O-line article because it's something I definitely wanted to touch base with you on today. Are we really going into a Buffalo Bills training camp where the top storyline for reporters like yourself, fans like myself, that we're going to be spending so much time and focus on the offensive line and the battles that take place there? It seems like such of a change of course from years past where there was so much uh, attention paid on the quarterback battles. Mm-hmm. I think that it's, you know, when I put that out there and, and, and I said that this is what I'm most excited for is some of these battles along the offensive line. I think it's important to remember that it's more uh, than just about the offensive line itself and some of these players. And listen, a lot of times these guys are afterthoughts. You only talk about them when they're not doing their job. But what's so important about this year's offensive line and this year's individual position battles is by extension, it impacts Josh Allen. It impacts the potential success that he can have this year. You go back and watch some of the tape uh, down the stretch in year one and some of his real successful games. He's making plays while under serious, serious duress from the defensive line. I mean, the, the, the offensive line play on the right side, you hate to single out individual guys, but, you know, John Miller, Jordan Mills, these guys did not get the job done last year. So you talk about you know, throwing a bunch of different guys into the mix, a chance on both sides of the line to be playing with an established 
uh, top tier center in Mitch Morris. Now the highest paid center in the NFL is on your roster. And you just go through each position and go down the depth chart and kind of envision some of the, the battles that could take place. I know we were all high on Wyatt Teller last year, and he could be, you know, fighting for his roster life by the end of this thing. Matt, an interesting piece as you bring this up and you talk about additions at the tackle position, right? Deion Dawkins, a lot of question in the offseason. Was he going to be kicked into guard? Is his roster spot even safe? Meaning that would the Bills potentially trade him? At least you'd hear some of those rumblings out there. But then you have the signing of Ty Niseki. You have Cody Ford drafted in the second round. How do you see all of this playing out? Because that is going to be, I think, that, I don't want to call it the first domino to fall, but who is going to start at left and right tackle? And what happens with the third guy in this mix if he ends up kicking inside to one of the guard positions or truly coming off the bench as a uh, as a swing tackle? You know, I think that, to start off with, I think it's Deion Dawkins and Cody Ford's jobs to lose. And it's funny because that comes with a caveat. I think Cody Ford might start with the second team off right off the jump in training camp because I think they're going to plug in Ty Nsake there. Uh, he's a guy that you know has the experience. He signed here to have, a, to have a chance to start. But I think they really want to give Deion Dawkins in his third year, a former second-round pick, every opportunity to be successful in a spot that they put him in. They traded Cordy Glenn. They moved him over to the left side. He, he showed pretty well at times in his rookie year, took a step back last year, but I think they're going to give him a chance now playing next to potentially a Quentin Spain or a Spencer Long, depending on how that all plays out, and, and Morse upgrades at those spots. See if he can maybe conjure up some of the, the, the good stuff that he put on tape his rookie season, playing, again, playing with better guys. Uh, on the right side, I saw a uh, roster projection from Pro Football Focus that had Ty Seke slotted as the starting right guard and kind of threw me for a loop for a second because I wasn't really thinking about him there. He's obviously a swing tackle. He started three games at left guard last year out of necessity in Washington, but his best tape, his best grades have come at that left tackle spot, and that's what I, I truly, with the way that Brandon Bean talked about Deion Dawkins after the season last year and you know, the refusal to commit to him at that left tackle spot uh, long term had me thinking that Ty Seke was going to be potentially in the mix at left tackle. Now, all indications from minicamp and OTAs is, is that were that Ty Seke's not in the mix there. Deion Dawkins has a lock on that spot. So then you move over to the right side, and I think it it comes down to the guards, too. If you have a John Feliciano and a Quentin Spain that really elevate themselves throughout training camp in the preseason and you're confident that they bring enough to the table in those spots to, to have a cohesive and successful offensive line unit, I don't think you force those big guys inside. I think you you know that this is the NFL. There's going to be injuries. And whoever are the best two tackles, you put them on the outside and you let the other guy you know, battle and compete in practice and work to get back in the game and you know at some point they're probably going to be called upon because this is a very very difficult league to keep everybody healthy along your offensive line you know it is so different right you think of the 2018 season where depth was such an issue with the offensive line and here we are having a discussion of all this new talent coming in but really i think a bit of an axe factor and you mentioned him in your article that came out at newyorkupstate.com is the new offensive line coach Bobby Johnson. I think with so many of these signings, you would hear guys in there, you know, whether it's an interview on One Bills Live or you'd see in various press conferences or reports, 
that they're you know singling out coach Bobby Johnson is one of the reasons why they signed with the Buffalo Bills what has been your take of the new offensive line coach for the Bills and, and really what he's going to mean to this unit moving forward man I'll tell you uh, I'm pretty jacked up about Bobby Johnson uh, you know I think that you always look for or, you know, from a coaching perspective, a guy that brings, you know, it's such a cliche in the locker room. You know, everybody's looking for the guys that bring juice. Well, I think you get a lot out of the guy, out of the coaches that bring juice. And right off the off the bat, that's the impression that I've gotten from Bobby Johnson is that he's engaged all the time. He's high energy. He's in your, his player's face. He demands a certain level of accountability and, and you know, nastiness. And I think that's one of the things you could say about this offensive line last year is that it just wasn't nasty enough. I don't think that the that guys were competing on these individual blocks determined to open holes in the run game. And I think that Bobby Johnson, you look last year at the success of the Indianapolis Colts, Colts offensive line, number two in pass protection, number four in run protection. And I think that, you know, that's an indication of the coaching staff there. And, you know, guys that, you know, play there, uh, I'm forgetting the Indianapolis Colts uh, blocker that, you know, really spoke out about Bobby Johnson when the Bills hired him. But they said you are going to get a guy that brings energy, that brings accountability. And that's right in line with what Sean McDermott and Brian Dable are all about. And I think that, you know, I think it spoke volumes that, you know, in Cody Ford's press conference, he was asked about the fact that he's telling people that he could see himself playing in Buffalo for like a month because of the interactions, you know, and the excitement that he got from, you know, uh, communicating with Bobby Johnson. And, you know, I, that's one thing that I think that isn't getting enough coverage right now. And I'm looking forward to getting a chance to talk to Bobby Johnson for the first time at length in training camp is the job that Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have done with filling out this staff more so Sean McDermott. Um, you look at, Ken Dorsey. Uh, a lot's been made of that hire, but I think that it's already paying dividends in, in, you know, from a confidence level perspective of Josh Allen. Getting a chance to, to talk daily with a guy that's worked with uh, Cam Newton, that's played the position in the NFL and the college level. Bobby Johnson. The, the promotion and the courage to you know, give a guy like Chad Hall a shot at wide receiver coach. I talked to Ray Ray McLeod and I'm going to put a story up about this either this week or next week. Uh, I was going through all my tape from camp. There was a lot of it. And, and, and Ray Ray was talking up Chad Hall and the impact that he had on him last season when he was going through his struggles and he's so called him his guy. And he's so excited to work with him as now the receiver guy, you have to be, really paying attention to the pulse of your team to make a decision like that. For a guy like Chad Hall who's very inexperienced, people speak highly of him, but it's rare to get that opportunity at a young age like he has. So I, I think they've done a good job putting people in play. Now it's uh, or in, a, in a position. Now it's about seeing what they do with it. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. Well, and you talk about what they see, you know, what they can do with this. And I want to go back to your article that we actually discussed on last week's podcast. As you highlighted the five players for the Buffalo Bills, that would be the most important for them to make a playoff push. And I commend you for this, because as I tried to go through the exercise myself, 
coming up with only five names was incredibly difficult to whittle it down when you think of talk about the youth, the new additions, guys that can have an impact on this team and it really coming down to that performance. Why don't you talk a little bit about how you got to those five guys? And I might press you a little bit on a couple of your choices there. No, I listened to your podcast last last week because I love stuff like this where we can really dive into each other's work and, you know, uh, just cause some discussion uh, on these things. I love that. Uh, but I, I think that, you know, obviously you spoke about it last week. Josh Allen is kind of just the uh, default number one on most of these sort of topics. Uh, but I, I heard you take some issue with number two and Mitch Morrison. And I, and I understand that because, you know, there are so many other guys that I th- feel like if playing at their full pot- potential can really impact things. But the reason I went with Mitch Morris is because he has such a important job this year and not just coming in and, and excelling at his position. And that is, you know, being a great blocker in the pass in the run game, but also being responsible for those around him. And I think that's something that Eric Wood maybe didn't get enough credit for was the way that he kind of wore that C and took ownership of those around him, helping make guys better. And I think that Mitch Morris has that job to do here with not only an offensive line that wasn't that good last year, but an offensive line that has so many new pieces that he is going to be responsible for more so than just being the center, but because of the contract that he signed. And then you add on top of that the responsibility of helping in the development of Josh Allen, which is the single most important thing on this team in this organization. And I think that the expectations are very, very high for Mitch Morris this year. And I think if certain things are happening on this offense – you will be able to kind of trickle things back to Mitch Morse and talk about the impact at whatever level it is that he had in that success. And that's why I value him so much. And I, and I place so much importance on his role in this offense and on this team in 2019. Well, Matt, it's a great point. And when you talk about Eric Wood, and I think that was the piece where you can take the center position and it's so underappreciated because you can look back to last season where you had the competition between Russell Bodine and Ryan Groy. And when you've got two centers competing to be the starter, there is not that voice unifying that line in the locker room, right? Or when it comes throughout training camp and bringing that group together. Now there's no question who the leader of the offensive line is and obviously such an important piece to that and and I do understand why you put him on the list because like I said it's you know until your offensive line really struggles you don't realize how much you value that position and how much you need that and and seeing Morris is really that guy that can be the the focus of the offensive line almost the the rock to that standpoint but let's talk about some guys that might have some more potential to flash on the field. Your number three choice was Ed Oliver, which is the number nine pick coming in. I mean, there's going to be such high expectations for him as well. Kind of talk to me about that a little bit and and how he was the number three choice for you. You know, for me, one of the big things listening to Ed Oliver over the course of the draft process, you know, and we've tabbed him, you know, as a community, I feel like, uh, you know, from a media perspective, fan perspective, as a, a target for the Bills going back to December. And so I paid a lot of attention to, you know, what he's had to say back at this, um, you know, the combine and throughout the draft process. And 
when he came in here, he was asked about, you know, when he felt he was really ready to compete at the NFL level. And he said he thought he was ready after his freshman year. So if you're telling me this guy has been preparing and has felt ready to compete at the NFL level for the last two years, my expectation then becomes he's going to hit the ground running. Uh, put out an article today about Tredavious White talking about the uh, the slight that the team feels about some of the low Madden ratings. But he talked about Ed Oliver uh, at length a bit, and he said he's been impressed with how much he's been in his playbook, how much he's been out there trying to learn. And that's one of the things that I think was one of the knocks on Ed Oliver is, uh, is he going to be a team guy? Is he going to be about all, all about himself? And Tredavious White is a guy that, you know, you you really do have to impress him from a team perspective. I think the vibe that I get off of him, and for him to say those things about Ed Oliver already, that attention to the detail, you know, entering at the ground floor and trying to work, build uh, each day on top of the next, and that's a, a big uh, cliche they use in the locker room, but it's important. You know, as a rookie coming in, all of this stuff is going to be new. He was asked to play nose tackle last year at Houston. This year is complete, going to be completely different. He may be more suited to. Play play the three tech role, but it's going to be much more comprehensive in what they ask him to do. Almost a la a Tremaine Edmonds last year, going from outside linebacker in college to middle linebacker at the NFL level. Not as much, not as they're not going to be asking Ed Oliver to do as much as they asked Tremaine Edmonds, but it's the same concept. And I think if Ed Oliver is as good as advertised, and you're talking about, you know, there was an article last week where somebody placed Ed Oliver at number two in terms of their defensive rookie of the year uh, preseason rankings. And, you know, I think expectations should be high. And I think that could mean a lot for, for Jerry Hughes right now. There isn't another elite level pass rusher on this roster. And, you know, there's so much talk about Genevieve Clowney. I, I don't see that as a possibility just because of the draft capital that it would probably cost you uh, to go out and get him. And I don't think Brandon Bean's willing to get rid of that at this point. So you look at Ed Oliver and, and you think about, his ability to get after the quarterback those first two years when he played a little bit more at the three-tech spot. And that makes me think that not only can he have an impact from his spot and what they're what they've lost in Kyle Williams, but he can impact other players like Jerry Hughes, who you mentioned last week as a guy that uh, could be an impact player for them. And I would argue that he was an impact player for them last year. The sack numbers weren't there, but when you are – posting the number one pressure rate in the NFL, you are doing your job, especially in an era of the NFL where you really can't hit quarterbacks. He's getting there and at least making things uncomfortable to let the guys at the back end, you know, a really great safety combo, one of the best young corners in the league like Tredavious White, do their job. Well, and you really talk about a cause and effect there, right? And I, I think I mentioned it last week. When you have someone like Ed Oliver and Jerry Hughes, and again, I try to temper my own expectations when it comes with Ed Oliver, knowing that he's just a rookie, but for what he can be, that right is, is Ed Oliver going to have this you know great effect that can help increase those numbers for someone like Jerry Hughes? And you talk about the pass pressure and, and leading the league in that category, but for that to lead to additional sacks along the same lines, is Jerry Hughes' consistent pressure that he's coming off the edge with, is that going to make things that much easier for someone like Ed Oliver? And of course, not to forget about a Trent Murphy 
and uh, Shaq Lawson as well. Now, another guy that you mentioned, right, and it kind of goes hand-in-hand in in some ways with Josh Allen because two guys that came in as first-round draft picks during the 2018 season, Tremaine Edmonds. And many of us know Tremaine got off to a rough start in 2018 and really started to turn things around and and finishing the season on a high note. I'm assuming he was an easy choice for your list, but want to give you a chance to kind of expand upon that a little bit. Yeah, I think that... You could almost see, uh, you know, you remember the cartoons back in the day when like Bugs Bunny would get hit in the head and he'd start seeing all the stars. I felt like Tremaine Edmonds a lot at the beginning of last season. He had that look in his eyes where, you know, so many things, you know, were passing across his vision uh, cone uh, on the field and off the field. And I think it just got to the point where it was very overwhelming early on. Uh, But I think that the coaching staff really wanted to put him through that in year one to make things so much more comfortable for him in year two. And they were afforded that um, uh, luxury last year because it was a rebuilding year. It was a year where they were going to you know, put a lot of young pieces out on the field, uh, more so on the offensive side of the ball. But they put Tremaine Edmonds in a spot where, okay, we're going to ask you to do a lot and we're going to ask you to learn a lot, but you're doing it alongside a lot of veteran players. You're going to play alongside a Lorenzo Alexander who's seen everything in this league, a safety combination behind you, one of the best in the league and one of the most experienced. And then obviously Kyle Williams and his experience. We talked a lot about it and wrote a lot about it last year. The the process of Kyle Williams kind of passing the torch to Tremaine Edmonds with a lot of the leadership uh, aspects of the, uh, of this defense and responsibilities on this defense. And I think that all of those things that happened for Tremaine Edmonds and the just unbelievable talent that he has, the size, the speed. Yeah, things were things really uh, kind of a mess at times last year, early on in the season? They were. But even when things were a mess, I was still amazed at his his ability to recover, his speed in tracking receivers. And I think that that's something that they relied on Matt Milano a lot in that aspect in terms of coverage last year. And I thought that Tremaine Edmonds got more confident as the season got went along in coverage and really became more of an impact player. And you, and you see it with the 12 uh, passes defense, the two interceptions, and just the, the headache that he causes in the middle of that defense at that second level for quarterbacks. Uh, I think the sky's the limit, and I think he's just going to only build on that as we get into year two. Well, with Tremaine Edmonds just turning 21 years old, I mean, the sky's the limit when it comes for him. And you talk about the progression that he made last season, and all Bills fans are excited to see what he can do in 2019. Now, the last guy on your list we haven't talked about yet, and I think it's it's an interesting one for me, right? You had number four, Zay Jones, at wide receiver. And in some ways, I feel like you could pick one of the four wide receivers for the Bills, whether it's Jones, Robert Foster, John Brown, or Cole Beasley. And you really need one of those guys to step up and be, I don't want to say a number one wide receiver, because I think when people say that, they're talking about an Antonio Brown type or a Julio Jones, but someone to become the alpha out of this wide receiver core. And you went with Zay Jones. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Because I think you, again, right, and this is a recurring theme for us, the finish that he had in 2018 showed a lot of promise for what the future can be and his rapport with Josh Allen. So I think there's a lot of question marks, you know, with this receiver core, the more you, you dive into it. They, they brought in Cole Beasley and John Brown, and I think those are great additions, and I think that they have the potential to be impact additions. Uh, but they haven't done anything on the field with Josh Allen yet. Robert Foster was 
unreal at moments last season. And I and I even thought that, you know, at times there was some consistency there. But, you know, we're talking about an undrafted free agent. Like, you know, a lot of what we talked about, Tremaine Edmonds, uh, that was probably going on for Robert Foster last year to go from being pretty much not utilized at Alabama to thrown into the mix. And at times, you know, the number two or number one even receiver on this team last year in terms of targets. And I think that you take all of those uh, factors in and, you know, the what ifs. I think the one thing that we can say from last season is that Zay Jones took a step forward and, you know, Im- showed improvement in, in in various areas. I like the fact that he's coming into 2019, been able to go through the offseason program, mostly healthy, he suffered the injury uh, right before mini camp, but I think that was more precautionary. But has he been able to work on his body? has been able to work on his route running. He's coming in as with a great mindset in terms of he wants to be a leader on this team, but he's not going the Kelvin Benjamin route saying that he's the number one guy and that it's his his receiver room and this and that. He basically said at OTAs that everybody's going to chip in from a leadership perspective. There's things that John Brown brings to the table. There's things that Cole Beasley and his experience in Dallas brings to the table. And there's things that he feels he can bring as a leader in that wide receiver room. So I just like his mindset. I I like what he's gone through over the course of his career on the field and off the field to get him to this point. And now it's a prove-it year. It's a year three. We've seen the best of John Brown. We've seen the best of Cole Beasley. But I'm not so sure that we've seen the best of Zay Jones quite yet. Maybe we have. Maybe he's peaked. I'm not really at, at a place where I'm ready to say that yet. But I do think that if there's more to Zay Jones, if he can creep up to maybe uh, – oh, sorry, a little dog action there. If he, <laughs> if he could creep up to 100 catches or maybe creep up to 1,000 yards or even just approach those numbers, I think now you're just adding a completely different dynamic and dimension to this offense. And then all this other stuff, the playmaking ability of Brown and uh, Foster and the consistency and reliability of Beasley, man, all of a sudden you've you got a lot to work with. Well, it's going to be exciting to see how it plays out, not just different roster battles for the Buffalo Bills, but again, how these guys can step up because there is a lot of young talent on this Bills roster and and really just touched base on a few of those guys today. Matt, I've got to say, right, since you've come on the Bills beat just over a year ago, I, you know, so many fans appreciate the work that you do using different platforms and Twitter and Instagram and live video chats and all of these different pieces. But just in case people here aren't following or not up to speed with your work, how can everybody find you throughout your social media channels and online? Yeah, I pretty much put everything out on Twitter uh, in one way or the other. So at Matt Perino is a great place to start. Um, and then uh, Buffalo Bills on NY Up is the thing to remember. And you can, by typing that in, you can usually find our Instagram page, our, our Facebook page, and we're at Bills Updates on Twitter. And definitely uh, don't forget about my tag team partner, Ryan Talbot. Uh, he is He's awesome at what he does, a great Bills analyst, and also you know, a guy that's always out there looking for all the latest breaking news on, on the digital platforms because we live in a completely different age. Like the, the, beat, the beat writers are such an important part of the established media coverage, but tracking the social conversation and you know what's happening in all these different places is just as important in my view these days, and he does a great job with that, and I, I'm, I'm lucky to have him as my partner, and uh, we, you know, we're just trying to 
give you everything that you want. Listening to what you, what everybody wants, and and the Bills fan base is just has just amazed me in this first year at how much they consume content, how much they want to be part of that conversation, and it makes my job uh, a lot more fun. And I enjoy your work as well, Mr. Marino. Well, you guys both do a great job, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Ryan as well. Back in the day, Matt, uh, Ryan and I used to do a video podcast for uh, the old Bills Mafia website. So, you know, we used to have some of those technical difficulties there, too, that we encountered before we started uh, our recording today. (laughs) So, uh, but anyway, appreciate you joining us on Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Would love to have you again sometime, and obviously want to wish you the best of luck leading up to training camp. We know it's going to be crazy, but we appreciate all the work you guys are doing and, and following along with all the updates for the Buffalo Bills as they head into 2019 training camp. Thanks so much for having me on, buddy, and I I look forward to the next one. All right, talk to you soon. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right, $25 a month every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just visible. Switch today at visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see visible.com.